Hey, hey guys, happy Friday and happy 4th of July weekend. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Get outside and enjoy your freedom. Have fun with your family and friends. I hope you guys all have a great one. Today's guest is another incredible guest. Justin Shank joins me and we talk about his story of having literally no chance of survival to actually thriving and becoming the top of his game. He talks everything mindset, intention, energy, and intuition. It is so good, you guys. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, tag a friend, tag everything with Ali Levine and at Ali Levine Design. Please make sure you're subscribed and when you write a review, let anyone know why you want to find the show, what you love about the show. Thank you so much, guys. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday after the 4th of July. Cheers. Bye. This is Everything with Ali Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Ali Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. You guys, I have such an amazing guest. I'm so excited. We've been working on making this happen, and it's finally happening. I have the incredible Justin Shank. Hope I did not just butcher your name. <laughs> You're good. It sounded great. <laughs> I say it. Um, but oh my gosh, you guys, he is such a powerhouse. And I love what he shares and how he helps people grow and go through their own evolvements. So let me tell you guys a little more about him. So Justin Shank is an entrepreneur, a speaker, and the host of the top-rated podcast, The Growth Now Movement. He has been named a top eight podcaster to follow by Inc. Magazine, featured in Thrive Global, and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. Justin's podcast has grown to become a podcast that is currently getting played in over 100 countries every single week, and he has gone on to help countless people grow their brands and their business through podcasting. He's also the host and creator of one of the go-to events for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers, Growth Now Movement Live. Justin, welcome to my show. I am so excited and honored to have you. Ali, I'm, I'm so excited that we're finally here having this conversation and, you know, knowing the conversations we've had in the past, I know it's going to go into incredible directions and topics and all the things. And so let's dive in. Yes. Okay. So before we like go fully deep, which I love you for that, I want people, obviously you have a great bio. It tells a little bit about you, but like, I would love for you to share a little bit more about you and how you know, you did rise to this, you know, incredible place with your podcast, with who you are, with how you share, because I think a lot of times, especially with social media, and we both know this, people look at things and they're just like, oh my gosh, they're so successful. Oh my gosh, this just happened. And it's like, no, you have no idea. And I know, especially to you, you speak to growth so much. So I would love for you to start out and share like what growth means to you, how you kind of got to your own growth and how that then became such a passion and then a career for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you prefaced it that way because bios are funny. Like I always get really uncomfortable when people read them and I'm like, <laughs> I understand it has to preface the conversation because they're like, oh, I guess this guy kind of knows what he's talking about, but it's always weird. Um, but, you know, it, I literally, if there was a senior superlative in high school for at least likely to succeed, it would have been me. Like uh, without a doubt, I had a 1.7 GPA at one point. My mom battled opioids for 20 years and my dad was in jail. And so literally all signs pointed to you've got no shot. They actually say if you're if your parent has an addiction, 50% chance of becoming an addict. If your parent's in jail, 50% chance of ending up in jail. Like if you do the math of where I was, 
100% screwed. Um, and you know, I was fortunate enough that at 19 years old, since I didn't go to college, I started in a direct sales company. Um, and I did well, and it was great. But the, the real power was my mentor handed me a book called Who Moved My Cheese. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend super easy read literally one sitting, you can read it. Um, and it's about how change is going to happen around you and bad things are going to happen around you. That doesn't matter. What matters is how you react to it. And it opened my eyes, not only to self-help and I went down that whole rabbit hole for a long time, <laughs> um, but it really, it really opened my eyes to be like, okay, my past isn't going to dictate who I become. Um, and I, I, you know, I went on this long journey of trying to figure out what it is I was supposed to be doing. And I tried multiple businesses and failed multiple times. And so the idea behind the podcast that I have now originally was, let me interview entrepreneurs so I can figure out how to be a better entrepreneur. Like I was going to use it as like a cheat sheet, right? Okay. Um, now, I realized now in hindsight, at that point in my life, I was just chasing quote unquote success, however the world defines success. Um, so I could have people look at me and go, you know what, Justin did it. He overcame all the odds and I wanted to be put on a pedestal and I wanted all like the, the nice house, the cars, the girls, all that stuff, yeah. just so I can say, look at me. Uh, and what ended up happening was six months before I launched the podcast, it was the worst day of my life. My mom actually lost her battle to opioids. Um, and my mom, although she battled her own things, and her own demons. She was my rock. She was my support. She was the one who told me I can do anything. And it flipped this switch in me um, to realize that life is so much more than just things or what society says, right? One of my favorite quotes is, and it's more of a question is, who were you before the world told you who you should be? Really and powerful. it's, it's so insanely powerful. And, and it really opened my eyes to understand that success is defined however you want to define it. And I went on this, this long journey of interviewing some of the top names in the world of like, how do you define success? How did you find happiness in your rock bottom moments? How did you overcome the adversity or the, or the, the limiting beliefs or whatever else? And, and I really feel that I've had the success in my life since then because I aligned with my purpose and just went all in and was super consistent and it ended up working out long-term. And now I've been able to do the things that I do now. Wow. That's, I love that you shared that. And it's so powerful for you to share, not only that you had so many failures, but then how you moved into what really was success for you, which I agree with you, like so much of society and media and everything around us tells us success is the shiny car and the designer shoes and all these things. I'm like, yes, those are great things. And those are fine things in a sense of life. But like when you got really got down to it, like you said, like when that happened with your mom, I'm so sorry, but like you said, like that had you open your eyes to like, but what is really real and like, what does really matter? And it sounds like you had such like a deep dive soul search of like, what is actually going to resonate with my soul and like, what's actually going to light me up and like actually do right by me versus me just like investing my money into things that aren't going to ever do anything for me. Like, that's the thing. It's like, we think we're going to feel happy when we get something and we think like, oh, this is going to make us feel good. Oh, that should change up. But like, joy isn't that like joy is what you just explained that that attuning to actual success of having your passion and fuel your fire and have that spark to be like oh this is my purpose this is what I should be doing yeah a hundred percent and you know I, I say all the time like I champion you to go make that million dollars I, I really really do like having things and being able to do whatever you want in life is really cool and really fun um, but I guarantee when you get there the second you make that million, you're going to go, okay, how do I make 10? There's no real fulfillment in that. Like the idea of life is like, how do you figure out fulfillment? How do you figure out daily happiness, no matter the outcome of your attempts and all the other things? Like we tie 
our emotions to our goals. And so when we don't hit them, we immediately become depressed. We become sad. We feel like we're not good enough. And so what if the, the, you look at your goals as a direction, as more of a vision, and you tie your wins to the little things in life, right? Your loved ones, your little small wins every single day, like whatever it is you enjoy. Like I enjoy a good cigar. And so the days that I can sit outside on a beautiful day and have a cigar, that's a win. Like that's a check mark in my book every single time. And so what I, what I figured out is that the secret to this whole fulfillment thing is the four, you have to focus on the four pillars of your life. That's business or finance, because I understand not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? So get your finances in line, make sure you can pay your bills, make sure all that stuff. Two, relationships, three, wellness, and four, spirituality. And if you can figure out how to consistently grow in those four pillars of your life, you will immediately find fulfillment and the success and the money and all the happiness things will chase you more than you chasing it. And it completely flips the script on everything that we're doing. Um, and and I've, I've figured this out over the course of 400 interviews with some of the top minds in the world and starting to implement it into my life and doing all these things. That was really the, the page turner for me. Like I struggled like everybody else. Like it sounds really good, right? You talk about how you see on Instagram and it looks great. Like when my mom died, I got blackout drunk six nights a week for three months straight. Like it wasn't this immediate flip of a switch, right? I still had those rock bottom moments and there are still our rough days. We talked a little bit about that before we hit record, but like, you know, we, we always have those struggles and those, those minute things, but how do we find fulfillment in those pieces? And that's again, going back to those four pillars and pouring into them on a regular basis. And every single day, you're going to find that little bit of happiness that you need to find. Wow. I mean, first off, so powerful about what you said of when you mentioned the four pillars. And I love that you included spirituality because I would love to further dive into that and have you share why you added that in. Because I think so many would say definitely, you know, business, finance, whatever it may be to make sure you can pay your bills and handle the minimal things that we all need to handle. And then, you know, of course, family and all that. But I feel like most wouldn't necessarily say spirituality. What made you realize that that need to become part of your four pillars? And why do you speak to that so much so that you say all four, you must be growing and evolving and not just the other three? Yeah, I, I really found that they're the basis. So I grew up in, in a church. And so my whole entire life was, this is religion. This is God. This is everything. And I grew up perfectly fine with that for a really long time. And then when I was about 16 years old, I went, wait, there's got to be more. There has to be more than me putting $5 in, in the, 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 what's it called? The offering plate, right? right? Every single week in hopes that I'm going to feel good. Um, and so I realized as I got a little bit older, I've read, I read a couple of books and I was like, okay, there's so much more to this spirituality thing. It's not just religion. And I'm not saying religion is wrong. What I'm saying is whatever you believe in when it comes to spirituality, the first step is you must believe that there's something greater or more powerful than you. Whether you think it's a guy in the sky, whether you think it's source, whether you think it's mother nature, there's something more powerful than you. And I think what we can all agree on is that there's an energy flowing around us at any given time. As a matter of fact, we are energy, right? And so what, how I look at that pillar of spirituality is to understand energy and to understand that it needs to be moving in our direction and in our favor instead of against us. Mm. And so what I mean by growth in spirituality on a regular basis is making sure that number one, you're in line with your purpose. I think your purpose is tied to spirituality more than any of the other ones. 
Um, because again, it's the energy and flowing in the right direction. So that you can do that through meditation, through visualization practices, through Reiki sessions, through whatever it is that you could possibly do to make sure everything is in line and moving in flow. Um, and, and honestly, if, if you're not, like you can have a great relationships, you can have good finances, you can, you can have a six pack abs, right? You can be super fit and, and well. But if your spirituality is not in line, you're never going to fulfill that purpose that you have in your life. And every single person has one. It's different for everybody, but you're never going to be able to fulfill that purpose. And so that's why I included the spirituality thing. And when I look at being able to pour into all four of them, the way I look at it is like I'm a very visual person. So I like to put a physical visualization on it. So if you figure you have your four pillars and on top of those four pillars is a glass plate. And on top of that glass plate is everything you hold dear your loved one, your children, your pets, whatever. That's on top of that glass plate. The problem is when we're told that we have to chase what society says we have to chase, we usually go head down in one of the pillars. The easiest one to use as an example is business, right? Like I need to, I need to make money. I need to, all the nice things. I need to do that. And I've done that. I did this for a long time in my life. And so that pillar started to grow. I saw the results, like the things were good, but all three of the other pillars were still down, down, on the ground, essentially, I completely forgot about all of them. And that glass plate flipped multiple times in my life and shattered and I lost everything that I held dear. And so I realized when you are able to step back every day and go, okay, what, what did I miss here today? Right? Like if you look at relationships, I always say my, 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 my girlfriend, her love language is physical touch. Right? And so I know that if I, if I miss that check mark today, let me make sure I go and do some physical touch stuff. Let me make sure she knows that I love her. Let me make sure that she knows I'm there, right? It could be as simple as that. But if I forget that for an extended period of time, that's really going to be lacking in my life. And I'm going to lose everything that I hold dear, including her and everything else, right? And so that's really why I look at those four things and spirituality being such a main pillar that feeds into the other ones, because it's all, again, at the end of the day, we're all energy. So what are you doing to make sure that that, that energy is flowing with you instead of against you? I love that. What are you doing to make sure it's flowing with you instead of against you? Because you're right. And it's so true. And I love that you said we are energy because we are like, that's, that's literally what we are. We are energy. We are light. And like, that's about it. Like that, like, yes, we are in human form and that is our vessel but we are energy like when whatever you believe when your physical body is done your energy leaves like we, we know this like but it's but it's interesting that so many don't actually tap into that and realize like how powerful they actually are being that they are of energy we all are of energy so I, I love that you said that because I've had this conversation with so many people who are like you know in business I was thriving and I was flying up and doing this and that and the thing up the ladder and even me the same. And, you know, somehow things just crashed and just didn't, didn't go anywhere. And it's like, you're right. You are lacking that energy or you're, you're, you're almost forcing it so much. At least if I know for my own life, when I was celebrity styling on different things, it was like, I could never just sit and let it flow. It was always like, oh, okay, I got best dressed here with this client. Now it's got to be this. And I got to force this. And now I got to hit this. And now I get into this national magazine. I, and it was like a nonstop and same. I left my family behind, I left my friends behind, my husband behind, like everything. And it was just like, whoa, like, you know, like what is going on, you know? And it took me to like really like go through, you know, my postpartum depression to really see like my own dark shadows and so much of what I had gone through that I like, I wasn't seeing the rest of those pillars of what you just spoke to and especially spirituality. And I was actually 
very disconnected from so much of that. And I didn't realize how much that would actually play into everything in my life. And, and when you talk about that flow of energy working with you versus against you, like I was working against myself all the time without even being conscious to realize it. So my reason for bringing that up is because I think anyone listening may have similar situations or might not even fully resonate with what we're talking about. And I would love for you to share where you felt that real shift of not just, I need to maintain spirituality and be aware of this, but that I really need to let the energy flow with me and have it work with me versus being against me. And how did that shift happen for you? And like when that you really saw that? Yeah, so it, it was really, um, I, I, I shared with you that I actually drank my face off for three months straight after my mom passed away. At that time, I had a relationship coach who was also very spiritual. So a lot of what she teaches you was a spiritual energy thing. And I found out that I'm an empath at that time. I didn't even know what any of this was. I was just like open to whatever because I felt so lost, right? Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm that person. And I found, it was funny how I found out. Like I, I was just scrolling the internet one day, like Facebook or something one night. And it was an article about an empath and I, I clicked it and read it. I go, this is, this is me. What is this? And I sent it to, to her and she goes, what's it like to know who, why you are the way you are? And so that was really the tipping point for me to be like, okay, there's more than just this physical body. There's more than just this one lifetime. What does that mean? Like if I can literally walk into a room and find out that the dude sitting in the corner is really depressed just because I walked in the room, like that's powerful. Um, and so I decided to kind of go down that path a little bit. And, and Rhonda, her name's Rhonda, and she, she helped me a lot with this. And there was a moment where she called me and she goes, hey, what are you doing tonight? And this is when I was still going out and getting blackout drunk every night. I go, I'm going out with some friends. And she goes, no, you're not. You're going to sit and feel this shit right now. Mm. And that evening was one of the toughest evenings of my life because I felt all of those feelings. But when I woke up, there was this immediate release and when I walked outside and started to greet people again, I noticed how their entire interaction with me changed. And I was like, I'm not only just this beacon for absorbing other people's feelings, like I can, I can literally change the feeling of people around me. And that's my energy, right? And so that was my aha moment. Then the long path that I'm still on of figuring out how do I really make that work in my favor? How do I make sure that I, I'm making it work in my favor so I can make the impact in my life? And my newest, so my girlfriend's obsessed with crystals. I don't know if you're into these things. We literally have 10,000 crystals in my house. I love- I'm waving, I'm waving. I have, I have my crystal bracelets on. I have my crystals and my Druzy necklaces on. Oh yeah, I have my, my kit over here. Yeah, I, I love my crystals. And I, and I think crystals and their energy are so fucking powerful. Yeah. And so I, I recently turned the page. I used to give her a hard time. She gets crystals in the mail like every day. And I'm like, oh my God, some more. Do we need more? Do we really need more? And I finally turned the page and, and here's and here's why I turned the page on crystals. And actually, whoops, sorry about that. I actually have one right here that I, I just bought the other day. Um, what is and it? here's why. Um, I don't remember. I have a picture of the description of my phone, but it's about prosperity. Okay. Um, uh, and so the I bought it because I was like, look, everything in my life, I use the tools around me, right? Like as an entrepreneur, I use things like Kajabi and I hire a coach and I join masterminds and my wellness. I, you know, I, I did 75 hard and use that as a guiding tool to, to help me with things. And I was like, with this spirituality thing, I'm literally just depending on me. 
and I'm doing things like meditating and going to meditation classes once a month and, you know, doing all these things. And I was like, why not use these tools? Right. And I found out, obviously living with my girlfriend, I find out all these things about what they are. And I was like, cool, let me use these as tools. And so I think more than anything, I think a lot of times when people hear a conversation like this, they're like, this is too much. So it's, it's woo woo. It's like, Oh, yeah. I don't want to listen. It's, it's tapping out. It's, and, and I agree with you. And it's funny. I feel like, like, like myself too, I was very much my friends like years ago when I went to college in Arizona, my best friend was like, you got to get into crystals here. I got you this. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I had, I could not hold space. I was so, you know, especially being from New York, I was so like, just go, go, go grind. And I couldn't even be bothered to like slow down for five minutes to even understand what this possibly could do, couldn't do. And now I love myself because I'm like, obsessed with crystals I read up on them I like I love the energy on them I, I truly believe in them like I know like the energy they carry like the intentions I've seen it in my own life seen it in my own family like it's so it's it's just so funny when you say that when people like don't want to hold space and they're like well this is woo woo but I think more and more now with where we're going as a consciousness and where things are shifting we are starting to hear more conversations around all of this with self-love with crystals with meditation with breathwork all the different things you spoke to is starting to become a little bit more mainstream because it's becoming more and more in our consciousness yeah and, and you're 100 right and like nobody would ever walk up to me in the street and be like wow you're super woo woo like if i didn't open up to you you probably have no idea that i'm into this stuff and and the reality is there's a lot of people like that my friend is a psychic medium and he looks like a lumberjack like <laughs> it's just it's just what it is right and so and he's and he's phenomenal at what he does but, but when I look at everything, I go, why not have the tools I need in my tool belt for the success that I want, the happiness that I want? And this was another avenue. And when I started to explore it, I was like, this makes more and more sense the more I go down this rabbit hole. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not the hippie person. I haven't gone and done the psychedelic things. I haven't done any of that stuff. But what I will say is like the tools that I've been able to implement have created so much clarity in my direction um, it has created so much more energy towards whatever my purpose is at any given time, because that's constantly in flux and changing and whatever I'm working on. And so I go, why not put the tools I need in my tool belt, whether that's the coach who's helping me with my business or the spiritual guide who's helping me through that journey as well. Um, and, and honestly, you can't, you can't argue the fact that we're not energy. And what I say to everybody who tries to argue it, oh, that's so woo woo. I go, we're, pro we're protons and neutrons, dude. Like, that's that's what we are ourselves literally listen like i just had a woman on my show we spoke all to sound frequency that's something i've been massively into recently and listening to like all different sound frequencies and noticing a difference in my life as well my mindset and she's like well because our cells listen like at the end of the day that's how our how everything functions so if you're feeding your cells good things all the time like then that's what your body's going to keep producing and that's going to create the mindset and everything else when you're feeding it not so great things it's a whole different shift so you saying that like totally makes sense to me yeah and, and i love how you worded that right when you're feeding it the right things it, it goes in a good direction if you're feeding it bad things it goes in a bad direction same thing with your diet same thing with your friends same thing with everything and so that that's literally how it works across the board so why not do it at a molecular level like there's massive scientists that are talking about the things that we're talking about. So it's not as woo woo as even we want to believe it is. Like, and so why not continue to feed every single piece of your body the best you can uh, at any given time? And so that's kind of why I, I feel like 
I think, I think relationships is the most important pillar. Somebody asked me that the other day, I go, they're all important, but I think relationships are the most important, but spirituality connects to every single one of them, um, including your relationships. Like you talk about us being energy. Like if you're surrounded by the wrong people, you're going to be vibrating at such a low energy, low frequency that you're going to end up in a bad place. But if you're, if you're surrounded by super successful people, if you're surrounded by people who are constantly happy, then your mood is going to change. It's just how it is. Right. It's like, like, I think, you know, I think we've heard in the past, like, you know, you are the five people you surround yourself with, whether like you want that or not, like, that's just what you just spoke to with the frequency, with the energy, like you pick up on that good or bad or indifferent, like you just do. And again, your cells are listening. So it's like, you know, like us having this super high vibe conversation right now, like I guarantee you, I'm going to get off from this podcast and I'm going to be like in total creation mode because of the frequencies and the energy we're sharing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and it, it's funny because people will get it on me too. And they'll be like, oh, it's so woo woo. This and the other thing. And I'm like, but would you really attune to energy, right? Like what you spoke to of even like going with the, like with your flow versus it working against you. Like that goes back to the feeling, right? Like your intuition, like, you know, God source, whatever resonates, that's what it is for me. It's like, okay, so if it feels good, then that's what's attuning to that energy. And so I want to bring more of that in. If it doesn't feel good, then I don't want to keep bringing more in. And that way, to me personally, it's that simple. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, somebody might be listening to this. I'm sure a lot of your audience is, is on the spiritual side, but somebody might be listening to this being like, this is a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> and, I, and I say, give it a try. Like one thing I realized is, so I was, I, I was driving a long road trip the other day and I had McDonald's for the first time in forever. And I was like, I feel like crap. It was one bad meal. And I said to my girlfriend, who's a, she's actually a nutritionist. And I was like, how do people like eat like this all the time. She goes, cause they feel like crap all the time. They don't even realize they feel like crap. And so people might not even realize they're vibrating at a low level until they open their eyes to something a little bit different, right? Like I shared with you, I did a double Reiki session last night and I literally like, I felt like a different person afterwards. Like it was absolutely insane. Um, and, and so why not open yourself up to it and just see what kind of world you can be opened up to, right? Like we all try weird stuff all the time. Like sure. make this one of the weird things, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> you said if it works, like why not add it to like your toolbox? It's like, you know, I mean, like even me, it was like, as I went through from depression and as I was figuring things out, like, you know, meditation became one of the first things that really helped me and then breath work and then visualizations and then cognitive therapy. And it was just like all these different modalities, but like, I still use those now to this day as part of my toolbox that you spoke to. And it's like, if you have those tools, why wouldn't you access them? If there's other tools that you can access that might help you, like you said, give it a try. Why wouldn't you? Like, why are you, which I think is another good subject to go into. Like, why are you allowing like limiting beliefs to stop you from doing that? Which I would love for you to speak to, because I'm sure, especially from what you said in the beginning of my show of like, you know, Hey, I on paper was like, never going to go anywhere. Like how have you worked through so much of those limiting beliefs in your own life and what would you share for others who do have those limiting beliefs whether it be something as simple as and i'm not going to use crystals because i don't believe in them and i don't believe they can do anything to like i'm never going to amount to anything and be the successful person because society and everything is around me tell me i'm not going to be like what would you share yeah i mean you know first thing is I, I love the topic of limiting beliefs because every single person has them like i have friends who are billionaires who have limiting beliefs right and and that's just the reality like we they're just at a different level um and so the first thing to realize is where do limiting beliefs come from 
uh, until recently, I thought they came from three places, but apparently they come from four. Uh, and, and so the first one's society, right? Like yeah. you're, you're a woman, you can't do that. You're black, you're not allowed. You're this, whatever the case may be. That's one place it comes from. Number two, it comes from your childhood. So your, your parents or other friends have said, you know, you're too fat, you're too slow, you're too dumb, you can't be that. Or hey, it could be as simple as your mom one day said, oh, that's, that's Allie, she's shy. That's a limiting belief that, that embeds into your brain. You know, the third thing is yourself. Like, what are you, what are you saying to yourself on a regular basis uh, that you believe that it's, it's a bunch of bull, right? So that, that's the third one. And then the fourth one is your subconscious. This is the one that I recently found out about. Uh, there are things that happen in your life before you even remember that could have been embedded into your mind that you're going to hold on to as your truth, right? And that's your limiting beliefs. It's things that you're told that aren't true, but you believe to be true. And so that's the, that's the first thing. Um, and what I realized as I went through my life with all the limiting beliefs, your mom's an addict, you should be an addict, your dad's in jail, you should be in jail. All, you, know, you, you had a 1.7 GPA, you shouldn't be successful. All these things. Uh, the first piece was I, I surrounded myself with the right people. Every single thing that I did, I said, I want to be successful in business. I surrounded myself with people that were successful in business. Uh, I want to be good at relationships because for, for a long time I wasn't. So I, I, I hired a relationship coach, right? So I start to surround myself with those right people. I then decide to get uncomfortable. I usually challenge myself in some way to battle that limiting belief. Um, and and I'll, I'll share an example here in a second. And then the third thing is take action because nothing works if you don't work right? Like you have to put in the work in order to overcome whatever. It's never as simple as, okay, I've, I meditated today. Now I'm the most peaceful person in the world. No, it still takes work. Right. Um, and so recently the, the end of 2020, I did, I gained, I admittedly gained the COVID probably 40. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I did. And because I wasn't out in public, I wasn't like, whatever. Right. And you know, what do we do? We would sit around and watch the lion, the Tiger King, not Lion King. We sit around and watch Tiger King and drink beers. That's what I did. Um, and so I was like, why is it in my life? Have I been able to lose weight that I immediately gain back? Why is it that I can lose the weight and then I gain it back and I, and I self-sabotage every single time? This has been a pattern in my life. And so at the end of 2020, I was just over it. I was like, I need to overcome this. Where is it from? And I kind of went back knowing where potential limiting beliefs come from. I went back and played some things in my mind. And I went back to when I was 12 years old. Uh, so I broke both my hips when I was a kid. And when I broke my first hip, I was 12. And I remember specifically the doctor saying, well, you'll never be an athlete. Mm. And I took that as I can never be physically fit. That's how I absorbed that. And I carried that with me. And so every single time I would start to get a little fit, I'd self-sabotage because I was told that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be that. And so at the beginning of 2021, I, I took on a challenge called 75 Hard, created by a guy named Andy Frisella. Um, which is extremely challenging. It's way out of my comfort zone, all these things. Um, so I surrounded myself with the right person. My girlfriend did it with me. I got uncomfortable by, by committing publicly saying, I'm going to do 75 hard. Um, and then the third thing was I took action and I went and I, and I crushed it. And I got physically, truly physically fit for the first time in my life. And since then I've, I've regularly worked out. I, I, I walk three miles or I walk three miles every single morning, seven days a week without negotiation. And then I have a second workout five days a week. And that's something that I've never been able to confidently do because I always self-sabotage and go, I'm not doing this today. I'm not doing that. I'm not whatever. And so I realized that, that formula has been the thing that I've put into play every single time I've overcome a limiting belief. And it's, and it, and it sounds super easy, 
but it, it sounds super simple, but it's not easy, right? So like we go in and we're like, okay, three things to overcome any limiting belief. Well, they're three really hard things, um, but you have to be willing to take on that challenge in order to do it. And that that's in any aspect of your life. You can use that in business. You can use that in your wellness, spirituality, your relationships. You're able to kind of create that for yourself. You know, I, I always say like, if you want to learn how to have a successful relationship, you're not going to talk to somebody who's been divorced four times, right? So even, even using that as an example, you got to surround yourself with the right people who's been married and happily married for 20, 30, 40 years. What's the secret? Let's dive in. Let's talk about that. Um, and that's really what I would recommend anybody to do to overcome their limiting beliefs. Yeah. I love what you shared. And, you know, you spoke to hiring a coach, you know, you spoke to essentially investing in yourself, having different people, the right people around you. I think also going to the limiting beliefs. I know I went through this. I didn't feel like I should invest in a coach. I didn't feel like I should invest in, you know, a master class. I should spend the money on this. I should spend the money on that because again, let me believe, oh, well, if you don't make that much already, then you shouldn't spend it. If you don't have this and it doesn't make sense to do this. So for you, I would love for you to share like how you also got around that. And, and did you struggle with like, let me essentially love on myself and let me, you know, take my power back and say, I'm going to do these things to help myself and hopefully take myself to new heights. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's this is actually where I learned it. So when I started the podcast, the podcast took off before the business did. And so I was working full time while the podcast was getting played all over the country. And I was playing this dual life. It was very, very odd. Um, and the last job that I had, I ended up getting fired from. And I was that rich, poor guy, like I'd get the paycheck and spend it right away, like young bachelor, dumb, like buy all the things that I thought were cool. Um, <laughs> and I got fired from my job, but I had just got asked to speak at an event down in Florida that I wasn't getting paid for. I now get paid to speak, thank goodness. Um, but back then I did not. And uh, so I had to pay my way, pay for the hotel. Um, and I got fired from the job and I had two choices at that moment. I, it was either pay my rent or go down to this event and hopefully something comes of it. And I decided to go speak at the event. Uh, and this was that whole, I didn't make enough to go invest in myself or my business or my whatever. And this is the narrative I always told myself. So I had never hired a coach at this point. I had never done any of these things. Um, any kind of coaching that I had was more of like a mentorship. Like I was able to work it out for free. Um, and so I had very limiting results because of that. So I go down to this event. I end up going out for drinks with the speakers one night. By the way, I went out for these drinks, not knowing if my credit card was going to go through or not. This is, a, this is a true story. So we're sitting in a circle and there's another guy named Mike Kim um, that was in this circle. Mike Kim is a copywriter and a branding expert for some like people like John Maxwell, some of the biggest names in the world. And the waitress comes up and she goes, can I get you guys a drink? And he orders a $65 glass of scotch wow. and they go around the table and every single person said, I'll have one. I was the last person because I was to the right of him. And uh, I go, I'll have one too not knowing how much money was on my account. So she comes back and she goes, can I get you guys anything else? They go around the table. Every single person says, I'll have another one. And I gulped and I was like, I'll have another one too. Uh, and Mike Kim ended up paying for everybody's drink. So I didn't have to worry about my credit card going through or not. But here's the point of the story of going, when you feel like you shouldn't invest in yourself, here's why. And you should say yes when you're uncomfortable. Mike Kim shared things with me during that drink that I went home and I made $22,000 in the next three weeks. At that point, I had never made $22,000 in a year as an entrepreneur, let alone three weeks. Um, and I've never looked back. And it was that moment of, okay, 
I have to get uncomfortable with my finances in order for the universe to repay me um, to say, you're willing to go all in on yourself. So we're willing to pay you back tenfold. And I still do it now. I have a coach now that I go, why am I paying this guy so much? But I know why, because it, because it, it'll pay me back tenfold in the long run. But I had to learn that lesson at that smaller scale to go, okay, my eyes are now open to this. Right. And, and, you know, I, I talked about those three things to overcome your limiting beliefs. I, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't do these things. And so I got uncomfortable by saying, I'm going to go do this. I don't know if I can pay rent. The second thing is surround yourself with the right people. Thank God Mike Kim was there. And I'm still friends with every single person at the table, by the way. Um, they've gone on to speak at my events and sponsor my events, all these crazy things. Um, and then I took action. I went home and took action on the things that I learned. And it completely changed my life. And so, I mean, again, it's, it's the same thing across the board. It's just making sure you're in the right room making sure that you're making those right choices when, when it comes down to it, right? Are you, are you saying yes to the actions or are you choosing to continue the bad habits that you have? And that's really the big shift in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I love that you also mentioned about habits. Well, and you know, when you say that about like sitting at the table, like you're right, that is so vulnerable. It's like, okay, do I even have that much cash to like pay for these crazy drinks? And like you said, you didn't know he was gonna pay for everyone's drinks and so you're sitting there you're like I'm sure in your mind you're like okay what's gonna happen when they ask my credit card and they run this card and potentially I decline like how am I gonna handle this situation but because you dove in and you allowed yourself to be submerged in that energy you were essentially rewarded because you were having these beautiful conversations and you know obviously you know he be he obviously saw something in you and you know you obviously saw something in him and it was like okay I got everyone's drinks no worries and the universe took care of you. And I feel like more and more the universe does take care of us when we actually allow it to play out of what you just said. Like, but when we're forcing, again, going back to what you're saying about energy, like when we're forcing it and we're so controlled, but I know I'm so guilty of this, like trying to control the situation and trying to make, must manage this and oh, they have to do this and this. All of a sudden, like everything is a disaster and you're like, but why? And it's like, because you literally have everything like gripped down and you're not letting anything flow and you're not letting anything go. And so it's just like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm stuck here, you know? And I, and I think a lot of people go through it. I'm sure even now people are going through it. And I'd be curious for you, Justin, being someone like who has worked through so much of this and continues to do this type of work and, and your mindset and everything, you know, now that like you are at such an incredible level and like your podcast went viral and all these amazing things, how do you like stay in that place and continue to grow because you are so huge about growth and involvement. How do you do that for yourself? And what would you share for others? Like once you do get around all this, right? And you do the work and you realize you need to invest in yourself. You realize that, you know, you're worth so much more. You have to cut the living beliefs. You have to, you know, essentially recenter and realign your life and do all these things to create this new reality and shift. Then once you get there, how do you stay there? And then how do you also continue to grow and evolve? Because I can imagine yeah. for you, that's kind of where you are now. Yeah. I mean, so, so for a long time ago, I started saying this saying, which is always be happy, but never satisfied. Um, and that's really the whole, like, I love my life. I really, really do, but there's so much more. And I used to tie that saying to always be happy with what's going on, but go make more money, right? Be, go, go be more, go make more money. And now I, I always think about impact, right? You know, the, the phrase ROI return on, on investment. I believe in return on in, impact. And so my goal is to impact as many lives as I possibly can. 
before I die. Million, I want to impact millions of lives through my podcast, through my live events, through my retreats, all these things that I, I'm able to do and blessed to do. Um, number one, uh, I'm super humble. Like, I don't know where that comes from. I wish I kind of did. Um, but I've experienced some really, really cool stuff. But I'm always just like, well, I'm just Justin, right? Like, you know, the, the get uncomfortable to hear my bio kind of deal, right? Um, and so I always go back to a moment early on in the podcast. Uh, the podcast wasn't doing well at first, like literally 65 downloads, 100 downloads. We'd have a bigger name on it, go like three, 400, and then it go back down to 65. And so in that time, I was going, dude, what's the, what, what's the point? Like, do I keep going forward? What do I do? Uh, and I re and, and right around the time where I was like, I, uh, maybe I'm going to quit. Maybe I'm not. Somebody reached out to me from Japan and they said, because of your podcast, I decided not to take my life. And every single moment that I start to feel a little bit comfortable or a little bit okay with the numbers or a little bit okay with the impact that I'm making, I go back to that moment and I go, who am I not reaching right now that needs to hear my message from me? Right. Preston smiles, the guy who I've had on the show before. And he said when he was on, on my show, he goes, at any given time, there's 75,000 people that need to hear your message specifically from you. And I go, well, let me just keep showing up. Let me just keep showing up because that, that 75,000 people are constantly going to shift. It's constantly going to grow. Uh, and so I'm just going to keep showing up in hopes that I can continue to make that kind of impact in people's lives. Uh, you know, across the board. And I've had, you know, more than a handful of people not reach out and say something very similar over the last five years. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to keep showing up. And for me, it's, it's to always stay humble um, and to always push forward in what I believe is my purpose. And it's to let people know that it doesn't matter where you come from, what, matter are, what matters are the choices you make today to create a better tomorrow for yourself and for the world. Wow. I got teary-eyed with the, the suicide because I've lost quite a few friends suicide and I have a lot of friends around me who have thought about that. I've thought about that in my own life in high school. And um, I think that, you know, you just saying that of like hearing something and having it change, not only their decision, but like their perspective and essentially make them potentially shift their entire reality is so, so powerful. And this is why I love podcasts and why I love the podcast community, because I think that these types of conversations can really be, like you said, so impactful. And, and you don't know when, you know, like, I love that you shared that you were getting like, you know, 60, you know, downloads in the beginning. And it was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, it's like, you don't know when you're first starting out and you're into the new, especially as us as entrepreneurs, we know this, like I, same with me. Like I was like, especially when I shifted my podcast from being just motherhood when it was like really taking off and it was postpartum depression and just real world truths of moms and then the pandemic hit and I said to my husband I was like I feel like I'm not doing the world a service right now because so many people are like struggling and having all these different things going on and I'm only speaking to moms because like that's now my comfort zone and that's like where I've been and that's where I've seen you know myself thrive and money and this that and the other thing but like something inside of me like my soul is saying like no it needs to shift and so hence everything with Ali Levine and it really is everything. And so, you know, when I first did that, like the downloads dropped and it was like, oh my gosh, like people weren't resonating. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? You know? And, and it, it was so, it was such almost like a humbling moment of like, are you going to go with that ego feeling of like, you know, I'm just going to drop it and go back to their show because like, this isn't working or like, are you going to actually see if something plays out from this? And like, is there more because your soul basically told you it was more. And so it sounds like you had a very similar situation with when you almost walked away to receiving that, to being like, wow, well, this shit's powerful. I'm powerful. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And and so I, I had a massive shift in my podcast journey as well. I, I for the first 63 episodes, I had a co-host. Um, and part of that shift was I asked him to take a step back because that's what I felt like my soul was telling me to do. They're like, this is yours and yours to carry. And uh, when that shift happened, immediately I started to see that that growth. And it was like this crazy, like, oh wow, okay. And like six months after that, that's when Inc. magazine was like, here you go. Here's a crazy thing. You want to talk about the universe. So my mom passed away November 14th of 2015. Uh, the article for Inc. Magazine dropped November 14th, 2017. Wow. So exactly two years to the day of her passing away, I woke up and my life had changed. Um, not obviously didn't change immediately over time, but like all of a sudden I started getting these things on social media and emails and I started to get hate mail, which like for me, the, the hate emails were like, wow, I'm doing something. It was like a weird, it was like a weird moment. <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, I think, I think a lot of the things that people do wrong is that they try and chase what society tells them they should be like, we already talked about this, right? So why start a podcast? Well, cause everybody's got a podcast. Well, when I started podcasting five and a half years ago, I would tell people I had a podcast and they, and they would say, what's a podcast. But I tied it to this purpose of like, I want to make an impact in the world. I want to help people understand that, like, even though things are tough right now, it's going to be better. Right. And so uh, that was my driving force. A lot of people start a podcast and they go, well, I'm doing it for the numbers. I'm doing it for this. And that's why I love that what you said, like you shifted away from what was your niche at the time to expand, to help people. Right. And so now you're talking to your real people. Like these are the real people. Like that's why I love podcasting, whether there's 300 people listening or 3 million people listening, they want to know, they want more. Like these are the people that are true fans. Like I have clients who have millions of followers on social media and they start a podcast and, and they're, they do 1% of their followers, right? And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, these are your real fans. Like these, these are the people that really want more from you. And then it grows over time, but, but that's just the reality of, of podcasting. That's why I love it. It's so real and raw. There's no way to hack it. Like this is exactly the real thing. We're just putting it out there. And I hope somebody wants to listen to me talk. Right. That's, that's right. Yeah, so true. I mean, and, and it is such a level of vulnerability because you're sharing so much. And like you said, you don't know who is listening and you can't really fully tell. Of course, analytics tell you a little, but you really don't know. Whereas like obviously on social media, we can see who, which I think goes back to like what we spoke to of like that instant gratification, that ego, right? It's like why people become so obsessed with social media is because it's like this instant gratification. Oh, there's the likes. Oh, there's the views. Oh, look who's mm -hmm. watching. Oh, and it's funny. It's when the pandemic hit for me, I like immediately felt this like pullback from social media. And as much as like grow my following and I'm so grateful and it, it's turned into, you know, huge business for me. It's like, I had this real like gut and soul check of like, I need to not spend so much time on there because I feel like I'm not actually making the impact I was making before. And I'm just consuming and I'm staying of ego of just looking at like what is happening and who is liking and who is watching and this, that, and the other thing. And now like, if I don't show up on stories one day, like I didn't have much time for today because it's so much going on. I don't shame myself for like not being there or wonder if I'm missing out or worry about like, oh no, so-and-so might unfollow me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in the same way. And so, you know, with you, like I'm curious between social and your podcast, like when you go through those shifts and you, and you experience that, like, what is that like for you? Because I feel like as entrepreneurs, we all experience this in one way or another. And I feel like it's not talked about enough because you do see on social media, the numbers, the following, like even for me, we're like, oh my God, you're a huge following. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. And, 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 and I'm grateful. And I'm grateful that this community has come around me and everything. But at the same time, 
taken me years to build what I've built. And of course, nobody sees the blood, sweat and tears, as you know, and it, and it looks like something, but it's not necessarily what you think it looks like. And even right now, like I feel super stale. Like every time I go to post, I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to say that. Oh no, it doesn't have any impact. Like I just, I just feel stale. So I just haven't been as regular on there. Like I'm curious for you, two things. One, how do you kind of handle that in your own life with like your ego and everything else? And two, how do you like handle when things do feel stale or you feel like you're not making an impact? What do you do? Because I think that for whether it's an entrepreneur now who's listening or someone who maybe wants to become an entrepreneur, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't have the social media following you do. I, I have a lot more people that listen to my podcast than follow me on Instagram because for a long time, I didn't know how to use social media. I didn't, I didn't understand it. Now, when I shifted everything and I got a little bit more personal on social media, I, I got a couple extra thousand followers and so on and so forth. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but I constantly feel stale on social media. Like, I just feel like that is not my zone of genius. Um, I feel like I'm selling all the time, even though I'm not like, I'm the, I'm like the least hard sales guy of all time. Um, like we have this retreat coming up in new Orleans where we focus on the four pillars and somebody would like reached out about it. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And they're like, what's the price? And most, most people were like, let's hop on a call. We'll discuss because it's not a cheap retreat. And uh, I was like, here's the price. And uh, let me know if you're interested. This is what it includes. And they're like, oh, great. You know, it's a little bit out of my price range. I go, okay. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm just not the hard salesperson. So I feel like I'm pushy at times. Um, but I think for me with social media, and, and I, I probably do this way the wrong way. And then I'll talk about podcasting, which I do a little bit differently and a little bit more strategic. But with social media, I just post when the, when the moment strikes me. Like, I know there's analytics. I know that most people are... Uh, active, like my followers are active between nine and 12, you know, Monday through Friday or whatever, but I'll post at 9 PM. If the, you know, if, if I get inspired to share something and type it up and I, and I send it out. Um, and so for me, I think it's more instinctual to be like, okay, this is a message that somebody needs to hear, whether it's one person or, or, you know, all the followers, I don't know, but, uh, I, that's kind of my, my take on that. Now I would say, um, I've been a little bit more conscious of the following lately. And I have some people helping me, not a team or anything, just some friends and mentors that are kind of helping me and guiding me to like, to grow. So I've grown like, like a thousand followers in the last week and a half, which is, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so we're, we're making shifts. We're trying to make things happen. Um, but, but really it's still what feels good. What feels good in this moment for me. Um, now the podcast Here's a fun fact. I actually just, I, I'm about to have my worst month that I've had in the last year and a half as far as downloads. Um, and so I'm going, right now I'm going, okay, let me continue. What I, what I always do is I, I, I have to give it time. Uh, summertime's usually down overall, uh, yeah. but this is like, I was like, what happened? What, like, where is everybody? And you don't really know in podcast land because it's just numbers and, and some, like you said, you kind of know where they're, they're listening from. And so I will continue for another month to do what I've always done. If the numbers continue to go down, I'll make shifts. Uh, and, I, and here's how I do it. I actually will reach out to people who I know or have been longtime listeners because I've connected with them on social media or whatever. And I go, hey, what do you want more of? Um, because I grew my following through word of mouth. Like I literally served my audience. And when you serve your audience, they go tell their friends. And guess what? Their friends are just like them. So therefore they're your audience as well. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll reach out and I say, Hey, what do you want more of? You know, I noticed the downloads are down a little bit and I'm just very transparent with them. And, uh, they go, well, we want more of this. The season for us is a little bit more salesy or more entrepreneurship versus spiritual or whatever. 
cool. And I'll over deliver on in that kind of world. And all of a sudden the numbers will go back up. And so, but I, but I let it ride a little bit because sometimes it's just timing. Sometimes it's just, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like I, I actually, I don't really overlook at my numbers. I'll, I'll just kind of log in once in a blue moon or I'll look and I'll be like, whoa, I'm like, it's down right now. So let's, let's take a look. But like, and it was just such a drastic thing. So I'm sure it's more timing than anything. Like it wasn't like a steady decline and all of a sudden, whatever. Um, and so for me, uh, social media is very intuitive. Like, okay, what feels good right now in this moment? Like I just shared uh, last night about how you know, you can't have happiness without sadness. It's impossible. Uh, so embrace both of them, right? And I, and I feel like if you can embrace sadness in the right way, like you're happy all the time at that point. Because um, that's how I was feeling in that moment. You know, after the double Reiki session, I was like, oh, damn, I gotta, gotta share this out a little bit, right? You can't have dark without light, right? The dichotomy. People want to always say like, and look, I'm super like positive vibes. But like, I've even had to realize like there, if you're going to have light, you're going to have darkness. It's just the way it goes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You have to embrace both for what it is. And, and again, let it ride out. But, you know, I think for me, it's, I've always been about how do I serve um, at the highest level possible. And so that's what I'll continue to do. So, you know, as you watch analytics and numbers go down, I'll, I'll, I'll wait it out a little bit and then I'll, I'll ask and say, Hey, where do you want me to make a shift? And I'll serve them as best I can. Um, and the same thing in relationships, same thing in friendships, same, like same thing. Like if you notice it's getting a little stale, say to your, your loved one, Hey, how do we make, how do we freshen this up a little bit? Um, and have that conversation. And so why not do that with the people that are following you? Why not do that with the people that are your clients and, and so on and so forth? Yeah. And what I love that what really resonated when you shared about all that was one being super vulnerable and being super intuitive, but two, how you allowed your ego to be set aside and be like, I'm not going to worry about the numbers crashing per se. I'm not going to worry that this change, I'm going to worry more about who am I making an impact on and how am I serving? And I think in my opinion, from what I've seen, all the incredible people I've also interviewed and met and everything, when I see people really take off and myself included, it's when you're in a, of service. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that because we're not taught to be of service. Well, I, God does, of course, and source, but not society, not the programs around us. We're taught to push people out of the way, be as competitive as possible, you know, fly through the ladder, whatever you want to call it. Like we're taught to be the complete opposite. But meanwhile, like when you are of service and you are making an impact, that's when you see the most ROI in every shape and, and form of the word, like, you know, our, our ROI and, you know, investment and impact, like, everything and, and I love that you spoke to that because I think a lot of people are listening like question in there you know from knowing out of my you know community like question like oh well how do I become you know more successful in this or how does this shift and what you just spoke to there with that intuition and the fact that of checking that ego and being like how do I be more of service that really to me is like a, a huge like I don't want to say secret but that was like part of the magic of it especially the entrepreneur journey is like how do I be of service so that you then want to connect more? You want to get vulnerable with me. You want to follow, you want to listen because that's what it is, right? And so it's, I just love that you shared that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't necessarily speak to that. They will share a little bit around the intuitiveness and whatever, but they don't necessarily go as deep about the vulnerability and how to be of service versus worrying about, oh my gosh, my numbers just tanked. And what is that going to do with, you know, my money and this, that, and the other thing? And how do I change that? And then going from that, like, logical ego side of, like, I got to take care of myself. Because, of course, we do have to take care of ourselves to a point. 
But then what you just said of like that impact, how you always go back, it sounds like from listening, you know, I love our conversation. Everything's really been around in big picture around intention for you and how intentional you are around all the different things that you do in your life and why it's become what it is and why your reality is completely different than what it should have been on paper when they said, you know, dad's in jail and mom's an addict. Here's where you should have been. Your intentionality of changing all that created a completely different reality for you and for everyone in your, you know, around you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love what you said about, you know, making sure you take care of yourself too. Um, and that honestly, more than anything, that's been my biggest shift in my success because I am a giver. Like that's just who I am. Like I constantly want to give, but then it came to the reality of I was trying to pour from an empty cup. And so as I was doing these interviews with, with all these top performers in the world, I would ask the same question to all of them, which is a two-part question. One, what's your definition of success? The second part is what are three things you do every single day to ensure that success for yourself? And this is the common thread between all 400 conversations I've had was those three things was serving themselves in some way, shape or form. And so I started to implement daily habits, um, not in any, not like, not like a super long morning routine or anything like that, but little daily habits every single day um, that I'm making sure that I'm filling the shit out of my cup. Right. And so the four things I do every single day without negotiation is that three mile walk in the morning, even if it's raining, I did it all through the ice and the snow and everything else, um, because it helps me clear my head, it moves my body and I do it with my girlfriend. So we, we are able to connect on a deeper level every morning and, and, get, and prepare for the day. Second is some sort of visualization. Visualization has been such a huge tool for me to understand where am I going. It connects the emotion to my action. So it makes it a lot easier to take action every single day. Number three, I learn something new every single day, whether it's from reading articles, um, reading a book, listening to a podcast, watching a YouTube video. I learn something new every single day um, because I, I was such a terrible student in school that I've become a forever student as an adult. Um, and the fourth thing is I connect with somebody I care about uh, in some way, shape or form, even if it's a simple text say, hey, I was thinking about you today, hope you're well. Or if I know they're going through something, I'll check in. Like I just had a buddy, I just had shoulder surgery. And I was like, hey, how's the shoulder healing up? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the reason I do that is because it fills my cup to let people know that I'm there for them you know, even if they're not fully expecting it or thinking about me or whatever. So that helps fill my cup. So those are the four things. And once I started doing those four things consistently, that's when my business took off. That's when everything shifted. That's when money chased me instead of me chasing money. Uh, Cause I showed up for myself and I, I started to overflow my cup and what was overflowing was for everybody else, but I was still taken care of and I was healthy and I was happy. And when you're happy, going back to the, we're, we're all energy. When you're happy, you're vibrating at a different level and people see that and they want to be a part of it. And that's really how you connect with people on a high level. Oh, I love that. that you said that about that energy and that connection. It's such a powerful way to end this conversation because I know we could talk forever. And <laughs> I love that you said that because I just got chills because it's so true. It's like anyone listening, like really tap into that energy and ask yourself, like, does that feel good? If I'm around this person, does it feel good? if I'm doing this in my job or whatever, I mean, whatever I'm creating, like, does it feel good? If it doesn't, it needs to shift. And I love that you spoke to the, the self-love part of it and that so many that were on your show also spoke to this of being of service to yourself and taking care of yourself because it's true and I learned this as a mom especially that you cannot pour from an empty cup and I tried to over and over and over again and I just kept falling on my ass until I finally was like 
No, I have to communicate to my husband. I need to be able to do this and this by myself. I need to take this time to love on Allie, whether it's a bath or a meditation or get a massage, whatever it is that makes me feel good. I have all different, you know, things like you said that you do, but it doesn't have to be anything super complicated. I think that people, when they hear this, right. And they, they're like, oh, well, I can't afford to go do A, B, and C, or I can't, it doesn't have to be something super complicated. It can be something as simple as a meditation, as a walk, as you said, as a visualization. There are so many different things, that, especially nowadays, because so much is being created in this space that you can do, that you can have access to for free and, and change and shift your mindset and change the way your energy is feeling and the way you're vibrating. So, oh my gosh, Justin, this was so powerful. I loved everything you shared. Can you tell my audience, of course, where they can find you, follow you, of course, listen to your podcast. It'll all be in the show notes, guys, but go ahead. Yeah. So obviously wherever they're listening to this podcast, they can just search the growth now movement. It'll pop up. If they like what they hear, they can click subscribe. That'd be fun if they come along on this journey with me. Um, and then look, I just talked about my Instagram. I'm trying to grow that. So my, my username over there is at Justin T shank. You can see in the show notes how to spell it. It's not how it's said. So <laughs> with, with that being said, those are the two best places because Instagram is the most fun for me. Uh, and then the podcast of course is my heart and soul. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for sharing your heart and soul with us and being so real and raw. And guys, there are so many gems to take away from this episode, but if there's anything that you resonate with, it is that intuition, the four pillars that Justin spoke to and your energy. Until cheers till next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.